Hey everyone listening out there in podcast land, this is Grant Overman and you are listening to the Two Dads Named Grant podcast. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to give a bit of an introduction to our very special guest and set the stage for this week's episode. We are continuing our discussion about being new or expecting parents, and if you've been listening, you know Grant and I have been talking about how that affects our marriages specifically. And so I wanted to ask my very wonderful wife, Michelle, to join me for a conversation about how becoming parents has changed our relationship over the last two years, pick her brain a little bit about how to maintain a successful marriage, and share a few laughs about how ridiculous life can be when you have a two-year-old. I do want to say, for those of you that don't know her, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. So professionally, she's worked with couples and families for several years now and has a lot of clinical experience helping people navigate these kinds of situations. So while we will share a lot of our personal experience and you'll hear her take as a mom on this kind of transition, you'll also get to hear some of her professional opinions. And you'll see that she is very intelligent, articulate, and You'll understand exactly why it was very easy to fall in love and why I have so much fun parenting with her. Um, You're also going to see that despite what she claims, she does think that I'm funny and likes to laugh at the things that I say. Two dads named Grant, Grant Vickery speaking. I'm excited to hear this episode too, so I won't take too much of your time. But real quick before we start, Grant Overman and I have been collecting and are continuing to collect recordings of different couples answering important questions. If you'd like to participate, we'd love to hear from you. Record a conversation with your partner about this question. How can we work on our relationship when we're so busy with other things? Send your recorded conversation to tdngcast at gmail.com, and we'll feature some of those recordings in a future episode. Thanks, and without further ado, here's Grant and Michelle. Okay, so we're recording now. (laughs) Um, I know that's what the red circle means. Yeah. All right, so before we start talking, I want to, for the benefit of anyone listening to this, to know just how real life the Two Dads Named Grant podcast is. Talk about, the, let's see, so our last two weeks, what they have been like before we record this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You've been sick. Yeah. I was sick. Zach was sick. Kind of twice. Yeah, that's yeah, because he he had his fever and it went away and it came back and it was only an ear infection, but it still is not fun to have a sick kiddo, no. or for parents to be sick and it, some of it overlapped, some of it didn't, but it was it's been kind of rough, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty awful. I'm curious to know of the three people who live in this house. Mm-hmm. I won't count the dogs; they don't count as people. Um, although when the dogs are sick, that's no fun because they can't clean it up themselves. <laughs> no, because usually um, it's like, hey, I just diarrhea it all over the carpet. Have right. fun cleaning that up. Or threw up in the bed. Scout did that this week too, actually. So yeah. we can add that to the list. Um, <laughs> who is your, if you had to pick of the three of us to get sick, who would you pick? Myself. Yourself. Okay. So that's yeah. not, like that's the easiest you think to handle is just when you're the one that's sick? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, because, I was, because... I would never, no, Zach being sick is really hard because it's already you're being a parent, but then he's feels extra terrible. So there's that layer of like, I feel really bad for you, but also then it's like even more on duty in a way. So it's, it's, it's hard when he's, when he's sick because of the, like, you feel bad for him, but also he's requiring even more than normal. And then having to then take care of a child while your spouse is sick and make sure your spouse is taken care of like that's really tough too yeah i definitely think that the easier is 
sick kid or you're the one that's sick because then you just lay there and feel terrible. But when you're the well parent, if both people are sick, it, if the kids, you don't ever want your child to be sick, but if the child is sick and both parents are well, as long as it's not something serious, then it's like, oh, we can handle this and we can still train. Right. It's just more parenting, kind yes. of. You just feel bad for them because yes. they're so pitiful and small yes. when they're when they're feeling sick. But yeah, when... Well, usually not. It's more of just... It's not even that it's that bad. It's just that he doesn't sleep as well. Sure. So therefore, you don't really sleep as well. Yeah. You go back to the horrors of newborn time when yeah. they don't sleep. I, yeah, it, it Although it is... I will say the worst experience <laughs> of my life so far since he's been born is probably that one time you and I got sick in the same day. And yeah, just, we're both sick. Not the, just yeah. like... Oh, I have a fever, like puking our guts. Yeah, out. that was that was the worst time. In and my he life, was like, he was only like five months yeah, old. Yeah, he was too, a so. tiny little baby. Um, <laughs> he couldn't move though, so that was nice. I mean, he moves now, so that yeah. would be worse if it happened now. So we can never get sick at this. Let's agree never to be sick at the same time uh, ever again for the rest of our lives yeah. until he leaves for college. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it is not. That is not, that's one of the many things that I would never thought about prior to having a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because like you're too concerned with big things or it's, it's just not something you think of. I guess you kind of think about taking care of them when they are sick a little bit, but you don't think of like how awful it is when your spouse and your child are both sick. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm the last person standing. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible thing that yeah. um, you don't think about. And I think if you did think about it, then you would probably never choose to have children. Because there's some of that stuff that's just there's a lot of things that well, if you really think about it, you probably would never. Well, yeah, that because actually. you opt into it. Like when that stuff happens, I think I chose this for myself. Like <laughs> yeah. no one made me do this. This yeah. is a I you know I didn't choose life. So if something bad happens in life, it's bad. But I don't have myself to blame for it mm-hmm. most of the time, unless mm-hmm. you know you're the one that messed up. But when it's something like that with your kids, not that I regret it, but that it's just like oh man, mm-hmm. like I did not think this would be like this. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. Grant and I talked a little bit last episode about deciding to have a kid and like thinking or knowing that you're ready and what that is kind of like. So I am curious for you, when did you know that you were ready? And not just like intellectually like, oh yeah, someday I want to have kids. Because sometimes that goes back a long time for people. But more like, no, I'm ready now. We can like start trying to have a kid or we can like, I want it to happen now. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I like the term ready because I think honestly, we were like, okay, let's try to have a kid and we didn't, you know, and then I just didn't think about it until it was already too late and I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) There's no going back. (laughs) It makes it sound like it was like some sort of teen, like prom night pregnancy. It was like, oh no, I didn't. (laughs) Consider the consequences no, of my actions. Until... No, just because if I thought about the magnitude of it too long, it would have made me much more anxious about Sure. Things. So what was it like then, I guess, if not ready, like, just kind of what pushed you to be like, okay, I can take the lead now? Because you said you were ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I knew I wasn't going to be in it by myself. Oh, okay. That no. sounds a lot better. Than... <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> no, no, it's because I think. Well, we 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 knew that we were close to buying a house, and um, well, because I think I think if I'm remembering, recalling the conversation, we were on the way back from Grant Gertz's wedding. Shout mm-hmm. out to Grant and Lindsay. 
Um, and I think we were driving back from Dallas and we were starting to have this conversation because I think we had just found out that we, our offer had been accepted on our house. Mm -hmm. So that was a big deal. And then at that point, I I don't even know how we got into that conversation, but the next thing I know, we're talking about, okay, well now that we have a house, we hit kind of that milestone. Steve's wedding. Was it Steve? You were pregnant. I was pregnant at Grant's. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, you can take that out. Yeah. Um, Steve's wedding. My bad. Yeah, because I was pregnant at Grant Lindsay's wedding. It's okay. All my friends. You don't. It's fine. You don't <laughs> we, know any of their names. No, we went None to, of them are good enough people or interesting <laughs> enough or anything like that. We went to we went to two out of the out of the state weddings within a few months apart from I know. each other. And we don't so. go anywhere or do anything no, really. No, we um. don't. Uh, we live in we live in Abilene. So. Um, so then, sorry, it was Steve's wedding right. that we got back from, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it and just got our ho- our house, and then thinking about. I think that at that point it was okay. We've hit this milestone. The conversation, you know, now the conversation is real. Now yeah. it's not. Oh, at this point, somewhere in the future, we don't know. It's okay. We made it to where we wanted to make it, and now. You know, when do you want to start trying to have a kid? Yeah, I'd be interested. I'm, there's probably research out there somewhere. I'll have to look into it. Just, you know, people in the United States, at least, are having kids later and later. And it's definitely a millennial thing to do that, partially because of a gigantic, enormous, terrifying college debt crisis. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit for us. But I think in general, like, I wonder if it's always been the case that people are like, I say always been the case. It clearly hasn't in human history, but in recent human history where you're just like, well, this is what happens next, so we're right, so we'll start doing it. I, I have a suspicion that maybe most people don't think about it, that it's just, you know, yes, I want, and I want all the good family things, so you kind of, whenever you feel ready, like, capable of doing that, then you do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's not so much of a, yes, I'm ready in my soul, but so much of a, well, every other part of my life looks like a kid will fit in it now, so I right. guess we'll have one. Well, I think it was for the first time... <laughs> In our marriage, we, we, I mean, we knew we wanted children, you know, in our lives, but for the first time in our, in our marriage, we had kind of hit some significant milestones that we always said, mm-hmm. when we get to this point, then we will talk about, yeah, you know, making, you know, kids a reality. Mm-hmm. I just remember, didn't realize it was going to be, you know, basically a month later I was going to get pregnant. Yeah, so. exactly. We, It's a good thing that you're very organized and remember to take your birth control all the time. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I remember the exact moment that I was like ready, ready, like, okay, I could, not just intellectually ready, but like emotionally, I want this. Um, because I was traveling for work still for ACU, so I was in Thailand and it was a Sunday and the um, ACU alumni that I was staying with, we had gone to church and we were hanging out. We did like an excursion. We went up in the mountains of the park and just kind of a hangout, um, type thing. And there was a young family from their church who had a very, a fairly new baby, not like a newborn, newborn, but year old at the most, not even probably. And just kind of watching them through the day hanging out. I just felt jealous is the right word but maybe jealous you know it's kind of like oh yeah i want that right there like that looks great that's amazing you know and any other time i obviously had been around children or had not so much friends maybe with kids a few but just 
had been around families before and had not felt that like, oh man, I want that real bad feeling. And I had then, uh, and that was kind of like a, whoa, you know, I guess I am ready now because I actually want that as opposed to just saying, oh, aren't they cute or not thinking about it at all. Yours so. sounds a lot, your answer sounds a lot nicer than mine does. <laughs> no, but I think that's part of, I will that say both of those are part of it. I do remember that conversation because we were you know, having to Skype each other because you were mm-hmm. across the world and you told me that and I was like, Oh my gosh, it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> but I did go and buy that onesie. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and had always planned on it, you know, surprising, you know, trying to take the test mm-hmm. and find out first and surprise you with it. But that didn't happen because, no. again, I, you know, thought for sure that it was going to be negative and Sure, exactly. But at least we got to use it. For when we surprised our parents. That's true. So. I and you shouldn't. One shouldn't feel bad about that. Also, it doesn't surprise me at all because I wanted to date before you did, and I wanted to get married probably before you did too. So that's just, probably true. <laughs> I just jump into things emotionally. And, maybe before and I honestly, need to know you about want, them. you're ready for a second kid before I am too. <laughs> right. I know. Um, anyone who is a parent of either that doesn't mean that we are trying or that it's happening. That just means that you know. We like Zach enough that if something, you know, if there was another one, then he hasn't completely turned us off of parenting. Um, although, if he wakes up grumpy, you shouldn't be allowed to wake up grumpy if you're a child. You don't have enough problems to wake up grumpy, <laughs> I think. And also, I wake up grumpy, so two, both of us can't be grumpy. It's not a good conversation. Or not a good uh, combination, I should say. It is, the conversations aren't exactly thrilling either because it's mostly him crying and me mm-hmm. telling him to shut his mouth. <laughs> or crying too, maybe, depending on how bad it's been. So Grant and Jess, you know, are kind of in this getting ready. We've been doing it at least for a little bit now. Um, and we love our son. He's awesome. He's very cute. And we're biased, but other people tell me he's cute too. So No, he's like the best baby that ever He's existed. pretty good. And he really is kind of, I mean, I don't have any other children to compare him to. He's fairly easy though. He's pretty late. Nothing out of the ordinary, I would say. And he was a good sleeper as a newborn. He mm-hmm. was a good eater. He's still, you know, I mean, all that. So that we haven't had yet. I guess that maybe it'll come when he's a teenager or something. I don't know. I'd rather probably have it now than then. But, um, you know, we Grant and I have been talking on the podcast the last couple of times just about, you know, your relationship with your spouse and what the experience has been for each of us and just in general things we think that are important about that and maybe we've seen from other people or people that have gone before us have told us about mm-hmm. or um, so, you know, a little bit talking about it in general but a little bit talking – from our personal experience and you are we'll get to the professional side of your brain in a minute because I am very interested in that and I think there's a lot of people that would benefit from that but I'm just interested in you Michelle not you know Michelle LMFT Mm -hmm. what would you say is the biggest difference in how you view and approach being a wife now versus before you um before we had zach because i know for me it is that i don't think about it enough i just because he comes you know he is forefront my mind first and then after that it's a little bit kind of okay now how do i take care of me because i've given so much to this child and now i have to take care of me yeah and so then it's like oh yeah well i gotta put that other one at least it feels like that um is what I'm doing a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm curious you to hear. My uh, 
approach. I mean, I think I'm still trying to figure that out, <laughs> to be honest. Um, um, I do know that this is going to sound bad, I think, initially, but hopefully people understand what I mean. I feel like I have to try a whole lot harder now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when it's just the two of you, you know, and it's one, you have one less thing requiring so much energy, one less thing requiring so much thought. You know, children are great, but they are barriers to other aspects of your life, I feel like, including your relationship. So it's about trying, of course, figure out how to make all that work. Um, And so I think where things could just kind of happen naturally and or, you know, I could afford to not be on the ball all the time because I had time to come around and think about, you know, us more easily. Mm-hmm. I I think I've had to, one if it's, I guess you could call it an approach, it's just I've had to think a lot more about it intentionally. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, you always say prioritize your marriage, you know, um, but again, I think it's just different when there's a barrier, a very cute, mm-hmm. sweet, yeah. adorable barrier, but a barrier in the way that you have to, um, or maybe barrier is not even the right word. Maybe it's just like you're juggling things and you're just, you threw in like 50 more balls yeah. into the air, Well, I, you know? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we've had so many conversations, um, especially recently about, okay, how do we do this a little bit better? You know, maybe. How do we care for our relationship a little bit more? Because not only do we benefit from it and our marriage is still there and still valuable, it also, of course, benefits Zach as well. But I think about a couple of things. I think more like that. It, it, it's less that we like, oh, we stopped doing all these things that we did before. It's that it has to be completely different. It evolves. Like things have a new factor is in there and not just in the time that's true, but like I, we have new roles that influence that we're just different people now, Yeah. you know? And so you have to re and that happens in marriage, regardless if you have children, like over years, like people change or things happen in life. And that's why you can't just, ignore things in a marriage even if you don't have a kid right you have to work at it because you people change and circumstances change and new things come in and it it just changes how things work and so the kid it's like you're learning to do something new as a new parent especially Mm -hmm. and it's like I only have room in my life for so many new things and I have to figure out how to fit my life around this central thing which is my child Mm -hmm. in ways that I haven't before and so Mm -hmm. it's making me I, I I come to this realization as you were talking about that and that probably we're a little too hard on ourselves. Not that you can't critique and improve, but it's just kind of, it's not that you don't care about it or man, we had this way of doing it before that may or may not have been good. I mean, you and I, I know like, for example, spending time together, we have a lot of common interests. We did spend a lot of time together. We just had things we could do together that we both liked. It was nice. It wasn't that hard. Well, it's a lot harder now because you know, there's less time and we're tired and, what have you, you know, all the normal stuff. But I think that us in particular, but probably all new parents can cut themselves a little bit of a slack. Cause it's not just like, Oh, well we had this thing and we just quit doing it. You know, right. like, Oh, I quit following my 
workout plan because I was lazy and I didn't think about it. Or I quit right. doing my, my chores every day around the house to keep it clean so now the house is dirty. And it just like, oh, I just chose not to do it. It's like literally it is a new thing that you're – it's another thing you are relearning how to do mm-hmm. or learning how to do for the first time. Yeah. Um, and – that makes me at least feel better because because it, then it's like, oh, well, you know, you don't expect to be good at something the first time you do it, which I kind of feel like that too, where it's like anytime I'm like, man, we haven't spent as much quality time together or something like that. It's like, well, shoot, you know, I thought I do, I know how to do that and I kind of beat myself up about it, but looking at it as something new. Yeah. You know? No, it definitely helps, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what do you... We liked our life before Zach, right? We, we didn't have a kid because of some great emptiness where we no. didn't have anything to do. What did you miss? What do you miss the most pre-Zach? Oh, I promise we won't ever let him listen to this when he's old enough <laughs> to understand. Oh, man. Well, just today when we were at lunch talking to people, I was laughing about how we don't go to movies anymore. Yeah. I see the previews and I'm thinking in my head. Or I see even say out loud, oh, that's a movie I want to go see. Knowing full well in my head, it's going to be Redbox. You know, like, there's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, if even um, that, right? Right, if even. <laughs> Usually, it has to be a really, really, you know, good movie. Two hours is a lot of kid-free time to devote to one thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, you got to squeeze all the things that you want yeah. to into two hours. Um, Was that the thing you missed the most? No, I was just, there's this first thing that I think came to my mind um oh man i feel like i'm gonna say this and it's gonna make me sound bad but i i also just miss sometimes just the ease of just being the two of us Mm -hmm. and kind of drop whatever we want to do and go do something not that we were always doing a bunch of things but you know when we have friends over now it's hey can you guys come over here because we have to think about him because sometimes taking him places and putting him down there has been more of a challenge and and then we have to move him and um you know that kind of thing is Mm -hmm. is has been hard and then really this is just for me i miss my body (laughs) my old body (laughs) pre-baby body (laughs) um not that i'm you know i'm i'm I think in some ways even better shape than when I was before getting pregnant. But at the same time, it's, it's not the same. See, that's very different for me because now I have an excuse to have the body I've always had. So (laughs) the dad (laughs) body, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, that guy, you know, (laughs) he's too busy caring and loving his family to, you know, hit the gym. (laughs) Uh, my, this is super easy for me. So the things that I miss, I miss, uh, Saturday mornings waking up when I feel like it, which usually was before you. And not even necessarily much later than it is now because I was one, both younger and two, you know, didn't have a kid. So I wasn't as tired, but just like do whatever I want to do on Saturday mornings, um, be by myself a little bit. And that is not the case um, anymore. (laughs) He, I don't think any little kids sleep in probably. Um, and then the other one was eating dinner before 6 PM. Oh yeah. (laughs) That like, and not having to have dinner done by then. Just like, Hey, what? But like, Whew, coming home and like getting all that ready to go, but yeah. eating is, so it early. Is, it is, it feels like, you know, a hundred yard dash. Yeah. Come when we get home from work. And and we only have one and he doesn't even do much. I know. <laughs> it's I terrifying. Know. Yeah. Never mind. We take back what we said about having another kid. That's a terrible idea. Anyone that has ever had more than one child is insane. <laughs> um, and I love my siblings and your siblings, but they were mistakes. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> the, yeah, but the, those are the two things. Like, and so I guess you could just—it's kind of the same thing as you. Like, your time not being your own is. Um, although time with him is wonderful and fun, not every single moment, but man, like. It is really yeah, it is really fun, but yeah, especially, kind of is this kind of also touching on the other question you asked about my approach, mm-hmm. as you know, to our relationship. I think the the thing that's really hard for me is I am a very very introverted person, mm-hmm. not as much as my dad, but I'm pretty far on you know Myers Briggs scale in between I and E. I'm pretty far I like eighty yeah. percent I, and then I you know fulfill try to fulfill a role of being a wife, a mom. And then also, you know, my chosen profession, which is a therapist, which is investing in people all day, which I love. But, you know, when I come home, it's like, oh, man, I miss just, Mm -hmm. you know, coming home and having a couple hours to myself. And then we could spend time together because it wasn't, you know, now it's by the time if I were to spend a couple hours by myself, it'd almost be time for me to go to bed. (laughs) Right. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because... The next thing I was thinking about, and I mentioned I wanted your professional opinion on some of this stuff. I think that especially – and it varies obviously from culture to culture. But especially within things that have to do with families or something. And I mean all people to a certain extent extrapolate our own individual experiences to everybody and be like, well, it must be this way for everybody. And other people must look at the world the same way I do. But a lot – but people really extrapolate that I think to marriages and families. And so we have these platitudes of these advice – uh, pieces of advice that are good, but they're so general that they're almost meaningless, but they don't take into account individual people, right? And what they do for that. And so I, I say that to say, you know, you're talking about an introvert. A lot of people would say, well, you need to work on your marriage as well and put make that as much of a priority as you can and set time aside or whatever. Spend time together, do that. Keep dating your spouse or all kinds of stuff that we say, right? Once you have no, a kid. I already, I already listened to the previous one. I heard your rant about Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going that in there again. But that, but, but part of that is just saying, well, this is what works for everybody. Spend more time together. Well, from what I just heard you say is that, you know, spending more time together would not necessarily be the best thing we could do for them. I mean, we obviously need to spend some, not zero. But like, right. well, it's, if we were to say any time that Zach is asleep, we got to be hanging out because right. we got to spend that quality no, time that together. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably murder me or yourself <laughs> or both. I don't know, something like that, right? It would it would be horrible. So I'd just be wandering the streets. So yeah, so professionally, <laughs> for you, then as a therapist, what do you think is the best thing that a couple can do? However many kids they have, or whatever for their marriage and i'm curious do you think that they're well that that i'm loading the question too much Mm -hmm. what do you think just what do you think is the best thing and the reason i say that is because i asked the question like that is because i think a lot of people would say the best thing you can do is make sure you spend time together and not that you should spend none but you know someone might hear you say well i need my alone time they're like oh well you know you got to take care of well, you know, that's not taking care of your marriage or something like that. Or yeah. feel guilty. Well, it's like anything. It, it's a balance. And then, I mean, I'm going to say like two cliches back to back, which annoys me. But, um, you know, it's a balancing act and it's basically quality over quantity, mm. you know. And I don't know. I, I preach 
like most of the time it's it, especially when I you know I'm ha- you know have days where I'm seeing five or six people mm-hmm. in a day usually at least one conversation a day I am preaching something about taking care of your, yourself and you know especially working with college students you know pretty sure every college student on planet earth is terrible at Mm self-care between not eating well you know not sleeping because they're hanging out with people or they're cramming for a test you know sure college students are typically not great about taking care of themselves so that's partly partially why i'm you know have said that a lot but and i really i really do believe that and that as individual people who are, yes, in a marriage together and our parents together, we have to take care of ourselves as individuals or we will be terrible spouses mm-hmm. and terrible parents. Yeah. I mean, that's dramatic, but it, it we will not be good. And so the the quick metaphor that i like to use is kind of i describe every every person is basically like a well that as a well people can come and draw from you and you're happy to do that and you're happy to give to them um but eventually if that well is not replenished mm-hmm. um you're going to run dry and then you'll be bad at the thing that you were made to do yeah and so um, I, the, so that's why I would say prioritizing yourself at times in a healthy way, um, is not a bad thing because then you're replenishing yourself so that people can take from you or, or that you can willingly give and allow people to take from yeah. you. Well, that's, I mean, that's fascinating. That kind of goes back into what. I think I was talking about before because you have to relearn kind of how to do that in the context of being, especially a new parent because you're, again, you're just, it takes so much mental energy, not just, I mean, but you, you are establishing new routines and you're learning new skills. And I, I, I've heard people say, even though we were just joking about how hard it is to have two, and that sounds terrifying. I've heard people say that like a second one can be easy, actually easier in some ways. Details notwithstanding, of course, sure. right? Of what that individual kid needs or, needs or something like that. But because you kind of already know how to do some of that stuff. So there's not the challenge of oh. learning it. But then you don't have to relearn. We do need to relearn, I think, to care for ourselves. But that makes so much sense because you because we just talked about, right? It's hard to care for a relationship that's not the parent-child relationship because so much of what I have is going into that. Right. So if I've given all of the stuff from my well... To my child, I have done nothing to replenish it. I could spend all the time and the quality time in the world with right. my spouse. It's not going to be as meaningful. Yeah, and it could be, yeah. or even harmful. It sounds like in yeah. that case, right? Yeah. Because you haven't done anything to, right? You know, because you know, at worst, you're or at best, you're going to be tired and not as engaged. At at worst, you might be building resentment towards that person because you feel like they're taking yeah. time away from you. I mean, you're very extroverted. So, I mean... Articulate, it, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, Really <obviously>. hilarious, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's really like no work at all to, <laughs> to be around me, you know, you know, after a long day of... Yeah, that's why... I, yeah, no, that's why I wasn't just about to say I crave my alone time even more. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like even for you, you've 
had more of moments that I've noticed where you need time to do something that you want to do. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, for me, it's alone time. For you, it's 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 just doing one of your interests and your and your hobbies. Yeah. And and I think I so I I mean maybe I'm I'm really literally that's a question for you. I know for me I cr- I've crave it more now than I ever have, but that's because more of my energy is is being pulled towards a very big part of our life. Yeah. Um and so it's I think I've had to try much harder to really it, and be more intentional about thinking about my self-care routine or I call it almost like my self-care package. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think in figuring that out, then it's also figuring out um, what quality time looks like for you and I now. That it's tempting to just watch one of our shows, which is not a bad thing. We love watching shows together. Mm-hmm. But I think there was there's been times where we get that's all we that is our quality time most of the time. Right. And so we've talked about okay, what can we do differently? To right. make it better. Mix in some other things in there. Yes. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what my... I don't know what my self-care thing is. No, I do know what it is. I, you're, you're right. It's pursuing the things that interest me intellectually. Um, I would say also, you know, then just, you know, getting together with people and sometimes, you know, it's just super hard. Thank God for technology and I don't have to leave my house to do that um, <laughs> in certain aspects. But I'm so... I have to take such a roundabout way to actually getting anything done. You know, if so if I have an interest <laughs> I want to pursue, it's like, well, I need enough space to grow into this so I can waste time. It's not a waste, but it's just it's it's like one of those family circus cartoons where the kid what the dotted line is all over the yard, you know, getting there. That's how my brain works. So I can't just say, I'm gonna sit down and read this book, or I'm gonna mm-hmm. learn about this thing, or I'm going to, you know, when we were still planning playing D D, like I'm gonna plan for D D. Like if I'm scheduling that time out, it's like this I can't. I have to like get myself there by, you know, scratching all of the random intellectual itches I have. And then I can sit down and do something for four hours and really get into it deeply. But of course, <laughs> by the time I've, now it's a waste of time. I've used all that time getting around to it that I'm ready to do it. And now it's time to go to bed or he's woken up from his nap, man. That's what it is that like, oh, if he yeah. could nap ever for longer than an hour at this house, because it takes me an hour just to figure out what it is I actually want to spend his nap doing. <laughs> And then he wakes up and I'm like, well, here you are now. Okay, never mind. That's out the window. So (laughs) (laughs) I got to figure out something or I got to do that a different time or plan it out, which even just saying that makes me want to vomit a little bit um, to have plan something out to have fun, which is (laughs) it it makes no sense uh, to me. Why? Why do you think it's so hard for people to do that, Um, to put that into practice, to make sure that they care for themselves? What do you see from the people? And you sounds like you see a lot of people who don't do a very good job of caring for themselves. And not all of them are traumatized in some way, right? Or clinically depressed no, or whatever. No. A so, lot of them are. I mean, it, it, we're just normal people. Yeah. Why do you think that's so hard? Do you, is there like a pattern mm-hmm. you see that emerges? or? I mean, it can, be, it can be a bunch of things. I think the guilt factor, um, I see this more, well... I see this with a certain group or type of person mm-hmm. who, you know, um, f- feels guilty for doing or selfish for doing something for themselves mm-hmm. um, when they could be giving that to someone else. Um, 
So guilt is big, I think. Um, I don't know. I think it's just... I think our, we're in a... Just a culture and a time now where we're so... We've trained ourselves to be busy all the time and distracted mm-hmm. all the time that I think we can very easily now think of a thousand other things that we could fill that time with yeah. first before doing something for myself yeah. specifically. You know, and, and for a lot of people too, thinking something like, oh, well, exercise would help me feel better. Well, I don't really want to go exercise. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. self-care is not sexy yeah. in a way. It's not... <laughs> It's not the ideal. Um, sometimes, I, you know, best case scenario, you do find some things that are you really look forward to doing. But sometimes self-care are not things that you really just are super pumped about doing. But you do because it's good for you. Yeah. That makes no, sense. that makes it. To- yeah. I mean, just general discipline issues. But also, I think that. Yeah, the go, go, go of society or things are always in your face all the time. You can, the access to all the stuff is great and some kind of stimulation or whatever. And and that maybe can be incorporated into it depending on who you are. But it's hard to slow down and think yeah. about what it is you need. Well, and I would Not say- to mention you have to jump on my other favorite soapbox. You know, you are constantly bombarded all the time by people whose job it is to... Oh, right. Convince you that something else is actually like, no, don't sit there and think about what is it actually going to make you happy. Let me tell you what will make you happy. And that is. Do your mini, a little mini version of your um, advertising. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You should know that I've never had a miniature rant my entire life, first of all. That's true. But, but but, I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? Is to tell you that this is what will make you happy or convince you that you're unhappy first and then sell you the solution. And it's. You know, maybe it's not as nefarious as yeah. I think it is. Although I do believe that that it kind of. But all I have to say, it, it, it's you're inundated with that, and right. so that's a message that you have to actively choose to ignore. In addition to them doing what you're saying, which I don't think a lot of people have those skills because maybe we've never developed this. I everyone I know, and I know a lot of therapists for some reason. All the therapists I know were definitely hipsters when it came to the whole mindfulness trend. Now we have like apps and stuff. And now celebrities are telling us about, you know, the stuff that they're doing. So we think it must be a real thing. But again, all the therapists I know have been talking about that for forever and ever. But yes. um, Yeah. Actually carving out time to think about and monitor your own feelings is kind of a. I always say insight is power. When you have insight into yourself, awareness into yourself, you give yourself the power to change things for you. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we've. You're one of the, you know, regular listens, listeners of the podcast because you, you know, are married to me and I would talk Going to you about it. Going back to the guilt factor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's okay. I anyone who has, you, we've out. talked a little bit about Carl Rogers multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it just because I think Carl Rogers is the man and I think that <laughs> he um, really grasped something that is almost universal, I think, to the human experience, which is that the better we know our inner lives and the more we can live at that and be 
aware of it, the better we are. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to fix it and order it perfectly, but it has to be something we're aware of. And mm-hmm. what's on the outside needs to line up with what's on the inside. So if we're pretending... Yeah. yeah, exactly right. So if we're pretending that things are okay, or if we are focusing all of our energy on only, only one aspect of our lives, well, internally, right, we have multiple things that are important to us. You know, you are still important to me as my wife. My own interests and things are still important to me. But if what yeah. I'm doing on the outside all the time is telling myself that Zach is the only thing that matters. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on part of that. Yeah, so the insight into it, actually knowing what it is, and the slowing down to listen to yourself... That's the part that's really hard for me is the listening to myself and what I actually need because sometimes figuring that out, it's just hard to figure that out. Well, yeah, sure, exactly. But also I think just, I mean, yeah, you do feel a little guilty about needing something other than, and I joke about it a lot because it, I think it makes it easier. It also is kind of funny, but you know, I do feel bad sometimes, and I'm like, man, I'm not always excited when I get home. Not, I am excited to see him when I get home, but sometimes it wears off pretty fast. I'm like, is it bedtime yet? <laughs> no. Because I've got stuff that I'd like to do, maybe. No, it, I can't tell you how many times, you know, how many days already that there's been moments where we've gotten to the 7 o'clock hour, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, just we survive made it. <laughs> until there. And yeah. No, and it's really not always that way, but I, it, I, I think it's more... Not as, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to deal with them anymore. It's almost that catching your breath for the first time yeah in the day. Sure. It can Not every day, that. but some days, especially if work was hard. Right. And then you come home and he's having a particular tough day, which just in general, you know, for those of you who are, you know, are par- you know aren't parents yet, you know, five o'clock, man. I don't know what it is, but it is a almost a flip of a switch. We can I can pick him up and he could just be so excited to see me, saying bye to everybody. We get in the car, we're pointing out the flags, you know, because our kids obsessed with flags on the way home, and it's we walk in the door and it's all of a sudden just like, okay, everything's awful and terrible, <laughs> and I'm gonna freak out for the yeah. next two hours. Like every other person in America, our child is just holding it together till he gets home. Yes. So he can fall to pieces. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in the comfort of his own his own living space. Yeah, it, it yeah, it definitely So is. yeah, sometimes after he goes to bed, I almost feel a literal just big sigh of relief of Okay, I made it. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I feel like that all the time. And and, and I feel that, you know, speaking of guilt, man, that's another thing I didn't know, how much guilt there would be for stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like this morning, he was being fussy and an almost two-year-old, and so not a very nice person and whiny and wouldn't letting us get stuff done. And I finally, like, yelled at him a little bit, and not just, like, got on, but, like, yelled to him because I'm like, you've got it, you've got, you've got to shut up. You know, like, you know, but then he, you know, it made him sad and hurt his feelings and he was crying. And I, you know, about five minutes later when I calmed down, now I felt bad because I've been a little mean to him, mm-hmm. even though he kind of deserved it. But he's also almost two, so he doesn't really know. And, uh, you know, all those things. I'm like, well, I should not feel guilty if you were the one that aggravated me. <laughs> but now I do feel guilty that I was the yeah. one that got aggravated. You know? But I also feel guilty sometimes about wishing, thinking, oh, man, when he's just a little bit older and he can do a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I know it's going to bring new challenges. And like we've talked about, and even though I know there's going to be stuff that I cannot anticipate, I still think to find myself thinking, like, man, he's a little bit older. Things will be slightly easier. 
So but I feel bad about that too because I feel like I'm wishing his life that's, away. Yeah, that's one that I have to work on into going back to the mindfulness thing. That's why being mindful because it teaches you to live in the present moment. I've had to be very careful with because I will have those thoughts sometime and I, I don't want to have those because yeah. it, it if it's not one thing, it's going to be another mm-hmm. when he gets to a certain age. So I try really hard, and I think it it does when I'm when I'm doing well in that. I have more patience, more yeah. love, and more compassion, and and it, and I'm able to enjoy the moments that mm-hmm. we have, the present moments that we have. But yeah, I I find myself falling into those thoughts too, and I don't I don't, I don't think they're very very helpful. Yeah, that's been the the thing when you've talked to me before about mindfulness that has stuck with me and I think been the most helpful about remembering to be in the moment mm-hmm. and enjoy things. And I've, I've been, I mean, I still have those feelings of wishing things would change a little bit sometimes. Sure. But man, I think slowly I'm grasping that my life is going to go at exactly the pace that it's going to go at. And it doesn't feel like, at least for me, it didn't feel that way as much pre-Zach. But with Zach, there's just so much stuff that has to happen. Yeah. And it's not going to change anytime soon. Right. You know? I mean, it felt like it was going to last forever when he wasn't sleeping through the night. And yeah, we got mm-hmm. through it eventually. And I knew intellectually it would not literally be years. But it's like, it, it's not going to be tomorrow yeah. <laughs> or today that that's going to change. When you're in the moment and you're that sleep deprived, Yeah, sure. But like that's just an example. Yeah. Or like one of these things where I'm talking about where it's like, okay, his nap is, you know... It's an hour. Well, you know, eventually I know there's going to be times where maybe I can do something for longer than that. Not necessarily because of naps, but he's just maybe a little bit more independent. But the being in the moment, it helps with not being so frustrated by the way things are now that I'm looking for what's going to go, what it's going to be like. You know, and it also helps me remember that, you know what, it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be something else that... Eventually, he's going to, you know, I mean, whatever it is that's aggravating me that he does now, he'll be doing something aggravating probably for the rest of his life. Oh, for sure. Um, (laughs) To me. Uh, So, you know, worrying about that too much is kind of, or thinking that there's a time coming where that's not going to be the case is, you should, you know, learn to. The worst, the worst mindset to be in in general is, oh, it, you know, waiting for life to get easier in general. It's just not going to happen. I think, yeah, we're going to have to title this episode some sort of play on that, how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb or whatever, (laughs) Dr. Strangelove, because that's kind of how it feels. It's like, you know what, just stop worrying and just love it when you're there. Mm -hmm. So loving, speaking of loving things. What do you, what's your favorite thing about being a mom and, and being a mom specific, if you can think of something specific to being a mom, mm-hmm. every mom's not the same. I know I'll never stop giving these disclaimers cause I, you know, right. This is the world we live in and that's fine. And it's also good, but yeah, everybody's experience isn't the same. Every single mom doesn't do and look exactly the same things. However, moms and dads are different. I'm, you know, a believer and part of the reason this podcast even exists is because things are different for men and women and therefore moms and dads. Yeah. Whatever that may be, um, depending. And, you know, moms and dads is kind of the one no one can argue or whatever because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, nobody came out of me and someone came out of you. So, I mean, that I do only, have that. Yeah, yeah. That only, right? <laughs> no one can argue. That is an incontrovertible fact. No men have ever given birth. <laughs> okay? So, we are different fundamentally in that way. Yes. Well, what's your favorite thing 
about being a mom. And if you say pushing a person out of you, that no, is that was gross not my favorite okay, good. thing. <laughs> okay, good. At, like even a little. Yeah. Bit. So, but what is your what is? And maybe you don't have one favorite thing, but what's no. a favorite thing of yours? I mean, I do right now. I mean, it's it's different just because he's still so little. Um, I do really enjoy just the bonds that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some days where it's hard, and I I remind myself, do you know, Michelle? Do not complain about this because it will go away mm-hmm. soon. But when he just hold mommy that's how he you know how he says he wants me to pick him up because we always say we want to hold you and so mm-hmm. he'll say hold mommy hold daddy <laughs> which i think is really sweet yeah a little um, bit more hold mommies than hold daddy but. well <laughs> i just i do appreciate that that bond and and breastfeeding is is hard work I, that was something i I just didn't expect, like, not that I didn't think, it, I thought it was going to be easy. You just don't know. Sure. And so, but breastfeeding is, is very hard work. And so people who, one, whose milk supply lasts them, you know, for six to months to a year or longer, that amazes me because mine kind of shut mm-hmm. off when I went back to work. So it kind of forced our hand a little bit. Um, but also people who want to and are able to and make it work to breastfeed for a long time i I mean i'm amazed by them because it's so hard um and so there were a lot of times where it was really frustrating but at the same time there were moments during that but then especially now looking back where i was just like really grateful for that because it was just such a unique experience to get to do that and to and I feel like that's where our bond started. That's what I'm. That's oh, why okay. I bring it yeah. up. Yeah. Sorry. That's the connection. But just that. No, that's that makes where sense. Our I'm just bond... so shocked that that's. I didn't think that was what you were gonna. <laughs> well, I'm. Well, I'm. You know. That's, that's awesome. Hard, but like, no, I yeah. really. Well, especially the first like two weeks of his life when we basically had family here and mm-hmm. people coming over the house constantly. At times, that was the only time I got to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the beginning and. But I, I think it would just gave us those moments and even some of those, not all the time, but even those three o'clock in the morning feedings when he's just, it's just me and him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I finally had to start watching a TV show because literally one time I started breastfeeding and the next thing I know, I'm opening opening my eyes and it had been going for 30 <laughs> minutes and I was asleep and I was like, well, this isn't good. So, but it was just, you know, it was just the two of us and. And I just see how that's kind of translated now. And now that he can talk to me mm-hmm. and at night when, you know, I can say, I love you. And he yeah. says, love you. You know, it's just really sweet. I, I I like that bond that we have. I mean, just like you you two have a bond that's different from Sure. Mine. I do think it has a different feeling. I don't think there's, I could put it into words. I was going to say there's not much about being a dad that's unique to being a dad versus being a mom. Mm-hmm. Like there is, and, 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 you know, maybe there's not much unique to being a mom. There's to being a dad other than a physical bond like you're talking about. I mean, again, it takes on a different flavor, both because of us as individuals, but just also, you know, father to son or yeah. mother to daughter or vice versa and all those combinations. Right. But I, yeah, my, my favorite thing about being a dad is in the way that, and especially now, he's finally kind of starting to get to that age where there's a little bit of that 
like co-conspirator relationship type thing you know <laughs> where it's me and you and just whatever it is in the male brain not that y'all don't ever like chase and tickle and roughhouse or knock things over or do whatever there's something in most of us as men that just glorifies a little bit in destruction and wildness and oh yeah and he definitely has and that. <laughs> you know and so and i'm not even you know and i'm not like this like you know barrel chested hair covered gaston like running around you know like right. hunting or blah, whatever but just a little bit yeah again that co-conspirator in chaos type of thing well, that we just have were doing that to me today when i walked in <laughs> yeah you are the brunt of it i guess yeah. that but no but. i mean i'm just saying that to say i i see that because now you'll you know it's like okay go tickle mommy and he thinks it's hilarious yeah you know? exactly even though it's you know him basically yeah. like moving his yeah. fingers in your direction yeah but. that and just that that and him and right. teaching him stuff like i love and that's again not a unique thing but i do think that that's you know a little bit of a at least in in, in our culture kind of a, a father-son thing of yeah. and it doesn't have to be something it's unique you know i'm not teaching him how to pee standing up i guess that'll happen eventually or whatever but that's something that you can't really do that i could do one of the few things right <laughs> doesn't have to be like a man thing i should say this I can pee standing up. It's just it depends on you are a, a, an <laughs> endlessly talented where yeah. you want it to go. You're an endlessly talented woman. I so his, I don't have his, uh, forgive me for pee. selling you short. <laughs> um, no, I think all women can pee standing up. It's okay, just not yeah. well. It's not. It's not advisable. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it doesn't have to be a man thing that I'm teaching him. I think that's a father son thing, like teaching you. Just because, you know, you know, he's a dude, I'm a dude. How to be a dude. Like, it doesn't have to be teaching you that. Which is whenever I'm teaching you anything, I love watching him learn. Yeah. And seeing little wheels in his head just, turn for think, that kind of thing. I do think it's kind of funny, though, that we, we kind of just fell into the stereotypes a little bit. We're like, I like to teach my son things. And I'm like, I like our bond. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, you know, sometimes stereotypes exist. Really, but we have, yeah. a, but that's what I'm saying. I do we enjoy watching him learn too. Well, and and I, I mean, it's it's really yeah. cool to see him. You you it's like oh I told you about this and now you're doing yeah. it. It's very cool. And I develop a bond with him through that. Like I was just talking yeah. about, that kind of like coke. You know, because it's like again, this is something that we share that now we're bonding over. Um, I will say this. I always intellectually, you know, kind of wanted to be a mom and thought, yeah, that'd be really cool. I I did not know I would love it this much. Yeah. Not that I didn't think I would love it. I just couldn't imagine how much I, yeah. I actually enjoy it, and which is a good thing. But, you know, I just couldn't have expected sure. it to be, you know, it, yeah, it's weird um, how how much I do really love it and love just love him and um feel so grateful all the time to that i got i get the opportunity to sure. to be in this role because i know there are a lot of people out there who really want to and can't yeah so. well to bring it back home as we kind of wrap up you know that's i mean enjoying it too is one of those things that you it feels good right to be with your kid it makes it hard to put it's part of the reason it's hard to put those things aside because it's not just because it's so big and it's so time consuming and it's so draining all the things are true but it's also so wonderful and fulfilling mm -hmm. that it feels like it can sustain you yes. even though there's no relationship single relationship that can right per perfectly sustain 
um, sustain you. You know, we have a lot of different parts of our, you know, we're complicated organisms. So we need kind of some different things. And you can't just have any one thing that does that, even as, you know, wonderful as it is, or as wonderful as you are, because you are wonderful. And now everyone knows how smart um, you are too. I mean, some people already knew because they know you mm-hmm. in real life. But anyone else now knows how smart you are. And probably they're, you know, we don't, we've gotten some feedback on the show. I'm pretty, I'm anticipating now the feedback will be, why don't y'all just cancel the show and let, let your wives have something together. Uh, no. Um, At the end of the day, remember, I, we still can't pee standing up well, so. That's true. That's true. And I don't think either one of you can compete with how loud um, Grant and I can be that's together. So true. You know, I would like for people to give me credit for how loud I say things, not just what I say. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important uh, aspect that no, gets overlooked a lot to be like a little mushy for a second i i do think that what you and grant are doing is super important and these conversations are really important because especially when we found out we were having a son and now that he's here and he's growing and now he's talking and you know just becoming more and more of a mm-hmm. you know uh, of a person and less of a lump <laughs> um <laughs> I, I think about all the time what it means to raise a young man in this world and I think it's important to have conversations or you know from from other men about what this looks like. Alright everybody, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Two Dads Named Grant podcast. Be sure to come back next week for more of that Grant on Grant action that you love. But until then, be sure to spread the love a bit by sharing this podcast with anyone you know that you think might find it interesting or helpful. And definitely if you can give us a shout out on social media, we would greatly appreciate that. You can follow us on Twitter at TDNGCast for updates on when the episodes come out and also as an easy way to just hit that retweet button and share it out there with the Twitterverse. And as always, we welcome your feedback through email as well. You can reach us TDNGCast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you. I like you. I know.